1: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, though, I don't think I'm actually working on your financial freedom. I think I'm working on just a conversation. conversation today is about what's important in life and why do I want to have this conversation? Well, because it's like pre Thanksgiving. I wanted to have this conversation, and it started out this morning, the conversation was going to be this cheerful, exciting uh, rendition of life and how really happy and lucky and how much we have to be thankful for. And about that time, I was riding the bike and working out this morning, and I got a call from uh, my aunt, and she was telling me my great, great aunt was very sick, and they just put her into a hospice, and she was... And I said, what's well, a hospice? And they said, well, it's basically a place you go where they just keep you medicated until you die. I said, it sounds like you're putting down an animal. She goes, yeah, it's kind of what it is. And man, it kind of freaked me out a little bit because, like I said, I've been living my whole life as if I'll never p- live past 65 years of age. And, you know, you're always wondering what happens if. Now, lately, we've had these. Situations where um, we've got the guy that was out here in Wisconsin who shot a couple guys and he just got acquitted. And, you know, you're seeing death all around you. You're seeing crimes. A guy just ran in Wisconsin, ran a car through a Christmas crowd and killed five people, wounded 40 others. And... You know, you start to think for a while, wow, this is really an incredible time and place to live right now where crime is okay and murder is okay and I'm not saying the guy that shot the people were murdered, he got acquitted, but the guy who drove the car through, is certainly uh, hasn't been tried yet, but sure looks like he's guilty, you know, just driving down people and killing people. And Then we started talking about um, the different family members and how they were doing, and for the most part, they were doing pretty well. Um, Interesting story about one of the grandkids. um, He's um, handicapped, and so they got him a dog to help him, you know, and that was cool. But then you think about what's it like to be five years old and handicapped, and They know that they have to provide for him for the rest of his life. So not just, you know, think about it. He can't ever work to take care of himself. Somebody's going to have to take care of him the rest of his life. And they're putting that together right now, how that's going to happen, how that's going to occur. And you start thinking, wow. What I thought was, wow, am I lucky. Boy, do I have a lot to be thankful for. Because you think of these people that are going through the problems of their family being killed by this car, Uh, people being shot by guns, you know, probably 20 people a week are shot in Chicago. Nobody even cares. Nobody even makes any notice of it. I don't know why, but they don't. As you sit here and you start saying, okay, I'm going to do a radio show about excitement, about fun, and being retired, and making a lot of money, and... Then it all kind of comes down to you that, you know, I say all the time, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. So definition of lifestyle, what is it? Well, first of all, you have to be alive. That's lifestyle. And if you're not alive, (laughs) there's no lifestyle there. I don't mean to be flippant, but you know, it just, you got to understand it down to the basics. And so. When you look at this, I tried to put down on a piece of paper what I thought were the the most important things. I've done this many times. I've even done it on the radio a couple different times. I've done this piece. And I'm not even going back to what I've done in the past. I'm just going with what, what I'm sitting here right now feeling today. And I think everybody's a little bit different and you're going to have a little bit different feeling. But I think first and foremost, health has got to be it. I mean, I've almost died like five times in my life. I had things that brought me right to the precipice where I was gonna die. In fact, a couple times I actually did go under to where I was dead, they brought me back. I think two times in my life I've been brought back. But I've been very, very sick many times. And there's just nothing, nothing like being healthy. I mean, right now, where I live in Houston, Texas, it's the weather is absolutely perfect. The skies are blue. The air is clean and crisp and cool. I walk outside of my house. My home is beautiful. My backyard is unbelievable. And I just amazed. I'm just sitting there going, man, this is the most beautiful thing in the world. Being alive in this beauty right here. Now, of course, you could, live on the edge of the Grand Canyon. You can live on the edge of the ocean. You can live on the edge of Lake Mead. There's a lot of beautiful places. Don't get me wrong. It's not my yard. It's the most beautiful place in the world. But to me, if you've ever seen my yard, it's incredible. And it's incredible enough that it's mine and it's right out my door. Just love it. But what's incredible is that I'm still alive. I went out the other night and got really drunk And uh, they threw me in my limo and limo took me home. I mean, that's incredible. Some people walk out drunk and get in their car and drive and die. I was lucky enough that they threw me in my limo and sent me home. There's just some stuff in life that you you got to look at and go, Man, I am so lucky that this occurs the way it occurs in my life. And I remember when I was a little fat kid. And this gets me into the second part. I mean, being alive and being healthy. And I remember being sick. I mean, I remember having pain in my back. I had a pinched nerve in my back. And thankfully, uh, one of my members brought their niece in, who is a chiropractor. No, she was actually a physical therapist. And she showed me how to exercise in a way to take the pressure off those nerves. And now I can walk again. I couldn't even walk. I couldn't stand. And I've been doing these core exercises now for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And they've changed everything. I can walk again. I actually did deadlifts the other day with 200-pound deadlifts. I'm like, man, you, I couldn't lift five pounds. Now I'm back deadlifting. And I'm thinking to myself, how lucky am I? I just lost 40 pounds. I have energy and enthusiasm and the ability to bend over and twist and get up and down off the ground, which I couldn't do, I couldn't even get up and off, get up and down off the ground before. So, I want to merge number one into number two, and number one is health. You know, being sick or being injured. I've had so many injuries. I've been so sick in the last fifteen years since I was fifty years old. It really, kind of all started at age fifty when I got cancer. Things started going wrong. I I joked that body parts started falling off. But this health situation, man, you've got to be thankful if if you're healthy. That is enough in itself to be thankful for. That merges then into fitness. And fitness is a whole other kinds of stuff, man. Fitness is amazing. Fitness is how you feel about life, how you feel in life, how you feel about yourself and how you feel about other people. Fitness really makes your life different. I'd say fitness makes your life different more than money does. In fact, I've got fitness in front of money as being important in life because you could have all the money in the world and be miserable, just miserable if you have no fitness. So, I want to go a little deeper in fitness and talk about different kinds of fitness because there really are different types of fitness. And at my age, my goal is just to keep all the different types functioning. Whereas when I was young, I wanted to be big, I wanted to be strong, I wanted to be this, I wanted to be fast, I wanted to be an athlete. But now, I just want to be fit. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Walmsley Radio Show.
0: Call from mom. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com. mobilecom Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Dell Wamsley.
1: Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about what there is to be thankful for. And overwhelmingly, in the first segment, to me, the thing to be thankful for is your health. The quality of your health is the most important thing. Now, number two on my list here happens to be fitness. And fitness is something I don't think a lot of people truly understand. So I'm just going to dig into it a little bit here and see if people can follow it. You know, we can start with fitness. By looking at the quality of your life, I mean, think about that. Health is the first level of quality, but now you're healthy. Now, what is life like? And I think that my point of view from being a fat kid when I was a little kid is that the quality of life for an obese person is it's the worst. It's how you feel. It's unbelievable. I, I gained 40, 50 pounds here a year ago, tried to bulk up. My daughter was becoming a pro bodybuilder. I wanted to become a uh, old pro bodybuilder in the seniors division again so that I could go with her and we could be in a contest together uh, just for daddy-daughter time type thing. But when I got up there, COVID happened. And When COVID happened, um, I thought to myself, wow, I'm really at risk. I've got every other sign that you should be at risk for COVID. Now being 40 pounds overweight, it's just your body can't handle it. And what happens is everything in your blood work that should be high becomes low. Everything in your blood work that should be low becomes high. And I was taking massive amounts of diabetes medication because I was a soul, had so much weight on me. Carrying a lot of muscle, but still weight, body weight. Your heart, lungs have to support that. And so I decided to lose the weight, and I lost 40 pounds. And, man, my diabetes went down. My my blood pressure went down. Everything that was supposed to go down went down. Everything that was supposed to get higher got higher just by getting the weight off of me. And I've oftentimes said this. For those of you that are listening to this that are in my age group within 10 or 20 years, either side of me, I've often said that, okay, next to body weight being the most miserable thing in the world, the next thing is your spine. And you think about it to people. I've watched people, old people, their spine deteriorates, and they bend over, and they start slouching or humping over with the humpback. And I said, one thing I'm not going to let myself ever do is be a humpback or a sloucher until I pinched a nerve in my spine, and then I became a humpback and a sloucher. And It's terrible. You can't move without pain. You can't anything. But really all that was was fitness. I had allowed my muscles in my lower back and my middle back to become weak. I didn't do any core exercise. I didn't do any stomach work. I didn't do any lower back work. I just, you know, worked my legs and my arms and all the stupid stuff guys do to look good, but not to be healthy, not to be fit. And so I started doing this core exercises and man, it got better and it got better and it got better and it got better. And it got better. And eventually it went away. I mean a year of doing core and it got better every month. I did it. The stronger I got in my core, the, the less my back hurt. And so now knock on whatever you have to knock on here, a little glass table. Uh, let's hope that it, I can keep working out enough to keep it away. But that was miserable. Now, I read a book about a year ago. It was like you'll be healthier next year than this year. And I don't know if that's not the exact name of the book, and I don't even know who the author is. It's Somebody gave it to me. But it was a good book in, in that it said, you know, the only reason you're not in shape and you're getting old and you're aging is because you're not doing the things to make your body fight aging. And so... It said the most important thing was cardiovascular fitness, and it broke cardiovascular fitness down into three levels, which I never really thought about it that way, although I have studied it, and it has always been defined that way, that there is the cardiovascular fitness of long-term aerobic exercise. So I've got the kind of muscles and oxygen uptake in my muscles that allows for aerobics i can do right now i'm up to two hours a day on a bicycle um, i ride the bike two hours a day and that's the stationary bike and i watch tv or i watch movies or i watch uh, videos on how to do things build things uh, or or read books or whatever it's just a beautiful time two hours a day i get away to do nothing but feel fit and it's part of the reason why i was able to lose 40 pounds in a very short period of time i mean you're burning thousand calories a bike ride there but that low intensity aerobic exercise burns body fat, but it also works on your cardiovascular fitness. But then there's another level, there's a step up from that, and that is intense cardiovascular fitness. And that's where you're raising your heart rate up high enough that you're into a different level of cardiovascular fitness. It's a it's a short-term, high-intensity endurance. Now, I could go get the book, and we could define that all for you and everything. You could look into it if you want. But the bottom line is it's different. And this is the ability for me to ride the bike not at level four for two hours, but to get to the point where my anaerobic or my aerobic conditioning merges with my anaerobic conditioning, which is my muscular strength, to allow me to ride the bike on level 10 for two hours, not level four, and to keep my heart rate up over 110 for two hours and it not bother me. Whereas when I first started trying to do it to get my heart rate over 110, I couldn't last more than five minutes. I was dying. Now I can go up to 110 or better, and I can stay there. Now, there's one more level, and that's to go up to about 130, 140 heartbeats per minute and maintain that. And that is like athletic perfection if you can do that. I haven't got that at level yet. I'm up to the level like level 10 on the bike uh, for two hours. Actually, I did three and a half hours the other day because I just got bored. with had nothing to do and I was watching some good shows. But the bottom line is is that this level of cardiovascular fitness is different than the low-end aerobics. So you've got to do low-end aerobics, but you also got to go back up and do high-end aerobics. And then there's the next step, which is anaerobics, which is lifting weights. And so you can lift weights in sets of 15, sets of 10. And the idea of anaerobics, you actually work until the muscle fails. You actually go to where the muscle cannot contract one more time. That's anaerobics. And that makes your muscles grow. That makes them get stronger, makes them get bigger. But even within that, there are sets of 15, there are sets of 10, there are sets of 5. And even with that, you can manipulate the anaerobic training to be strong on a 15-rep set or a 10-rep set or a 5-rep set or a 2-rep set. And each of those levels is completely different. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is when I do deadlifts with um, doing 10 reps, it's more endurance than it is actually strength. When you go up to 5 reps, now you're literally how strong are you? And to be able to lift the weight that five times makes you fail, that's pretty heavy weight. Then when you go down to two reps, that's just basically blowing out your strength. That's making your body show what it can do and pushing it to the max, that type of level. And what I want to get across to you is that each and every one of these, although they're different, do something different in the way you live. And hence to the point where you can actually live life in a normal manner. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time,
1: Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about um, what we have to be thankful for. This is a pre-Thanksgiving show. And uh, the first segment, we talked about health. The second segment, we talked about fitness. Um, the third segment now is finances. And let's talk about that for a second. So you're healthy and you're fit. If you're not healthy and you're not fit, you don't really care about money. Yeah, you need it. Don't get me wrong. But if you're miserable... The misery of being unhealthy, the misery of being out of shape is painful every day. But money is one of those things that, just like everything else in life, what you don't have, you need, you want. If you don't have air, you want air. You don't have water, you want water. You don't have food, you want food. And if you don't have money, you want money. So, I'm 65 years old. been retired since I was 34 years old. Every day of my life, I have people coming over to my house to work on things people to do work for me i just see people working everywhere and i go my god how could you get up every single day of your life and go to work now some people go that's crazy because you've just you've internalized it guys you really have you've internalized that that's the way the world works you get up you go to work but being retired since i was 34 years of age i've long lost that internalization I sometimes I sleep till noon I think I slept till 2 30 yesterday because I'd been up the night before parting um I have no time clock I just do stuff when I want to do it sometimes I'll stay up all night long on purpose just because I'm doing something I want to do and then I'll sleep the next day now all of that is functional because I have money If you don't have money, work is your only choice. And you've got to get up and go to work. And then what gets me is how little money people make working. It really is a situation where the kids today are smart enough to see that they're not making squat by going to work. Especially since the government is giving them more money not to work than they're getting by going to work. And once you have ever lived through that, and rationalized it, it's hard to go back. These kids have been given welfare. And I say, kids, anybody younger than 60 years old is a kid to me now. It's a weird deal. Uh, but these people that have been given all this welfare and all this unemployment insurance and all this stuff, money, they don't want to go back to work. I don't want to go back to work. I never want to go back to work. And neither do they. So how do you not do that? Well, you vote in a government that's socialistic and let everybody get off and not have to work. And that's really what's happening right now. Our younger generation is voting in socialism because they don't want to work. What they don't realize is that the end of socialism is prison. That's where it all ends up. You're going to end up in a society where everything you do is scrutinized. You can't do anything you want to do. It's going to be terrible, but they can't see that far. All they see is, well, I'm telling you, they don't want to work. At all. Period. None. No, no. And I understand because I don't want to work anymore either. So how do you get to that point and not be totally controlled, manipulated by the government? You have to have passive streams of income. And so the thing that's important to understand about passive streams of income is they produce income whether you do anything with them or not. Now, there's layers of passive income. There's passive income like when I had my rent houses, where for long periods of time, a person would pay me rent checks. I'd never even talk to them. Then something would happen, and I'd have to deal with them. So it was 99% or 95% passive, right? Let's say 95% passive. Then we go up to owning an apartment complex where there's a manager and a maintenance staff. Now you don't even really talk to the tenants anymore. Now you're 99% passive, and your 1% activity is taking care of the staff. So there's the next level. Then there's commercial real estate, where you have a triple net lease, and your 99% don't do anything with that. They just send you money every month. At the end of the year, you pay the taxes, and you send the bill for the taxes back to the people that are the tenants, and they pay it, and boom. That was your allotment, your, your involvement for the year. So, these passive streams of income can replace your earned income. But here's where it gets really tricky. They can more than replace your earned income. Because your earned income is limited. I've got this really nice landscaping guy who has a full-time landscaping job with a company. And then on the weekend, he goes out and does additional landscaping, does side jobs, every single weekend. He works for me and another neighbor that I have, and probably other people too. But at least for us, every single weekend. And I talked to the guy about trying to start his own business, and he says, I've got my own business, I've got four crews. I go, you've four crews? He goes, yeah, i got them out, we've got about 40 yards we're doing. So he's got this passive stream of income of these guys working... These crews doing yards, which is pretty cool. But yet he still works as hard as he possibly can with a full-time job and with all of the weekend work he does on the side. And I've tried to speak with him about it, and it's really hard because he's a very proud guy and he's a hard worker, and you don't want to diminish any of that, especially since you want him to work hard for you. But the reality is, is that All this time he spends doing this extra hard work is only earning him small amounts. In fact, very small incremental increases in the total amount of money he makes a year. He'd be way better off to be putting out more crews. And he can't, in his mind, allow himself to let go of the full-time job he has to go into business on his own. So I really don't know how he makes it all work. But the bottom line is that even though he has passive streams of income attached to him in some way, he still is killing himself. And so the thing about passive income that's interesting is that in earned income, you're limited by the amount of time you're willing to put into it. In passive income, time isn't the limiting factor anymore. It's how much you can save up. How much of your your wealth are you willing to put aside and put it into a business of some kind? that makes money. And that difference, really, that difference is how much you can grow your passive streams of income. I was counting the other day, just out of curiosity, I wanted to figure it out. I have 20 companies, 20 different companies that I own. I have five more companies that i am a part owner in, that I own with other people. So I have 25 companies I have ownership in. 20 of which I own all by myself. And I was just thinking, in each one of those businesses, there are groups of people, large groups of people, that are working and performing activities to make and earn money. And when these guys come to work on my house and they see me, I'm always in the same thing. I'm wearing shorts and T-shirt and tennis shoes. I really don't ever get dressed up anymore. There's no reason to it, unless I'm going to do a, an expo or a giant event i don't really dress up and so they see me and they see me messing around with my you know my train set or they see me messing around in my gym or they see me messing around in my workshop my tools working in the yard whatever they see me doing taking care of my koi it always looks like i'm just goofing off and they have to wonder what it is that i do how do you live in a giant mansion with a 20-car garage 16,000 square feet and mess around all day long don't you have a business you need to go to or something you need to do and the answer is no now i will tell you this quite honestly here of recent i've had many contractors come to my house and they know who i am they figure it out pretty quick and it's always interesting because, you know, they're always looking for a tidbit. <laughs> I say, man, you can go online and get all this stuff. Go to my website and get it all for free. It's hours and hours of free material. But, man, they want that tidbit. Like, there's going to be a tidbit I can drop on them today. It's going to make them rich tomorrow, and it's all going to be over with. And I say to all of them, I'll say, here's the tidbit. You've got to put in the time and the effort to go figure out how this all works. That's the secret. Figuring out How we do it and then doing that as opposed to doing more of what you do now. You can keep doing what you're doing now and keep getting what you're getting now. Insanity, the definition of which is to do the same thing over and over and expect to get a different result. You're never going to get rich doing what you're doing. You've got to do something different, and what you need to do is what we do. We teach you how to do it, and I teach it at all levels. I don't teach just real estate investing. I teach business. Business processes that work in, I could probably start 20 or 30 different businesses. I know I've done many myself. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
0: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dell Wamsley.
1: Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about what we have to be thankful for first segment, we talked about health. The second segment, we talked about fitness. The third segment, we talked about finances. I'm going to do a little bit more on finances because I don't think we covered it well enough yet. Basically, we're talking about the fact that you're forced to work the rest of your life. It's what we covered in the last segment. Unless you have a way of developing passive streams of income. Let's go one step further. Let's talk about the quality of life. Now, let's go all the way down to the bottom. Bottom of quality of life is where you have to live off somebody else. You're a financial burden for the world. And that, to me, is just such a stress. I mean, obviously, some people don't care that they're a financial burden on the world, but I do. And I would never want to be that. I'd never want to have to live off somebody else. And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we called it mooch off somebody else. That's the way we termed it. You mooch are you. Let's go the other way, though. Go all the way back over to the other side of that equation. And on the continuum, there's the difference between being having the amount of money necessary to survive and get along to having massive amounts of money. Big difference. And I did a show a few weeks back about Tillman Fatita and how wealthy a billionaire is compared to a mere multimillionaire. And it really is. It's impossible for you to understand that even if you're worth a hundred million dollars, that's nowhere near a billion. It's just not even close. I mean, there's a thousand million to a billion. If you have a hundred, then you're nine hundred million short. It's just—it is just not even. You can't even conceive what a billion dollars is, right? So, the quality of life at each and every level, whether or not you're just a regular person making, you know, surviving on two or three or four or five or $10,000 a month to where you're making, I was talking to a guy the other day, you know, about making 150000 a month to $250,000 a month to $500,000 a month. And what the difference is in the quality of your life as you go through that transition. I've gone through that, and it's weird to say the least. I mean, you just can't even imagine... Making more money in a month than most people make an entire year. In fact, maybe more than they make in two years. And you're making that every month. And you think to yourself, "What? what is all this? How? Why was it so hard for me to make $2,000 a month when I was a kid? You know, how is it so hard to make $10,000 a month and think I was actually very successful at $10,000 a month? When every time I buy a new business, it plops another 10 or so thousand into my my income and so like i bought seven businesses last year actually i started another of eight eight businesses so plop another 80 grand a month into my pocket and and just think about that how different that is and i do every day i think my gosh i went out the other day and i bought professional woodworking tools industrial size and strength and I realized that each one of these tools although it was just massive and expensive cost about the same thing as the purses I buy my wife and I go oh my gosh and we buy those like they're water right and so we, we we think about these things and you go man what a difference in life huh? what a difference in the quality of life and so I bought these machines thinking, okay, well, I'm going to upgrade my shop. So I upgraded my shop, and I got done, and I go, like, okay, I'm upgraded. What now? Well, let's build stuff. So I build stuff, and okay, what now? I did that with trains. I got more trains than I could ever run in a whole lifetime. I got more guns than I could ever shoot in a whole lifetime. You, know, you, just, you get to this point where you go, wow, I'm going to do this hobby, so I'm going to go buy everything there is in this hobby. Okay, now I've got it all. Learn to use it. Use it. Have fun. Now what? So there's a big difference. The biggest difference that I know of is the fact that you don't ever worry about money. I have enough money that if I never made another dime again the rest of my life, I'd be able to live like a king for the rest of my life, like a king. And so I don't worry about money. Money is not a problem. It's not even a thought process in many cases anymore. It's just kind of like, well, we need to sweep the garage and deposit money in the bank. Because that's what we do. There's something there. So when you get to that point, then, the next level is family and friends. And I don't have a lot of family, so I had really to accentuate the friendship thing. Family and friends, those people around you, that care about you, you care about them. They're important, and I don't even know how to express how important they are. I don't think I could do a good job of it because I'm not very good at articulating friendship. I'm not very good at articulating love and families and so on and so forth because I came out of a family that didn't have any of that. We didn't have any love. We didn't share it. We didn't say that, and very difficult. In fact, I didn't really even run into my family until I was in my 50s, and actually might be my 60s. Yeah, probably in my 60s, I ran into my family again. I hadn't seen them in years. We had a family reunion. And I think I paid for a good share of the people to show up at the family reunion because they were all broke and they couldn't afford to even come. So I bought some plane tickets for different people and everything. We did it back where I grew up at. And uh, that was fun. But getting to see all these people and, and thinking, I haven't been a part of a family for 40 or 50 years. Huh. Then I was part of a family again, all of a sudden all these people are back in my life. Strange stuff. Now my daughter's gone away. She's fallen in love with a guy and she's moved out of town. She moved to where he lives at in the East Coast. And now she's gone, so that part of my family's gone. Melissa's family's pretty much in our lives all the time. Daughter's working for us now. So the family and friends thing is really important. I just can't articulate it enough. But I know this, that the family and friends don't want you to be sick and they don't want you to be dead and they don't want you to be broke. So you want to make sure that stuff taken care of. Well, my friends, I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you can and always will remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day.